0: Hello and again, it's time for another episode of Your Words Against Mine, I'm a competitive reading podcast between siblings. I'm your co-host Thomas Dempsey.
1: I'm your co-host Elizabeth Connor.
0: And Elizabeth, well, it's been a couple weeks since last we spoke. Yep, uh, it not has. spoke, uh, recorded. Yeah, recorded. We talk when we're not. Yeah. So, uh, how's your week been? Yeah, been doing anything?
1: Um. Let's see here. Work and home stuff. That's, I mean, I don't know. It's been kind of, it's been just kind of boring. Like, normal stuff.
0: Okay, doke. That's fine. Doesn't need to be a problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, At work, we're getting, like, district-wide, we're getting new furniture. So... That's cool. Yeah, so I had to, uh, like, I didn't, apparently I'm a little sore from, like, having to clean out what was getting, like, what what they were taking away, and then, anyway, I'm going to show up on Monday, and I'll have new furniture.
0: That's cool. Like, yeah. desks for the kids, and desks for you, and such.
1: Well, because I'm in a music classroom, like, the kids don't get desks, um, but they are getting new chairs. Okay. Yeah,
0: Oh, now I remember. I remember band class. You only had like the chair and the little music stand.
1: Yeah, which um, we have music stands, but we don't actually use them. Okay. So, but anyway, um, I am getting a teacher desk though, and I'm excited about that because I've never had, or at least since I've been working at this job, I have not had a teacher desk. Right. I've just had like a table.
0: Okay. You getting a chair? A chair?
1: Yes, I am getting a new teacher chair, and that's exciting. I hope it's a lot more comfortable than my old one was.
0: Yeah, I'd like to get me a a good desk chair, but uh, they're they're an investment.
1: That they are, yeah. Yeah. I remember mom. See, she said uh, like she was asking me like leading questions about office chairs and. I don't know. I said something like kind of snarky and then I realized that like she was planning on getting us office chairs that Christmas and then I went and hurt her feelings. Oh, Because I was a jerk.
0: Oh, I'm sorry.
1: And now I'm in a different place in my life and I'm like, man, that would have been a really good gift. I see. Yeah.
0: Huh. I don't know. I uh, we've got that chair I bought last year that we've still just sort of got got draped in throws to keep the cats from chewing on. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, yeah. Anyway, um, my last couple of weeks have been pretty nice for me. Uh, weekend after last, weekend before last, well, that, the weekend of the third. Mm -hmm. Uh, was National Cinema Day. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, you have something to talk about. You guys went to a Carolina Gamecocks game.
1: Oh, yeah, we did do that. Um, But you finished first.
0: Okay, yeah. So, on the third was National Cinema Day, which which was the occasion where participating theaters charged only $3 for Mm -hmm. movie tickets to... I don't know if it was, like, any showing that day or if it was just matinees. Mm Mm-hmm. But, um... Anyway, so I went to two screenings that day. I went to a 12.30 screening of Nope, the new Jordan Peele movie. Yep. And then got out of that a little bit before three o'clock and then just went right into a 3.10 screening of 3,000 Years of Longing, the new George Miller movie. Cool. Yeah, and then uh, got some uh, Tropical Grill on the way home, it was a good day awesome yeah uh nope is basically alien jaws uh huh it's uh not like it's got scary parts in it but it's not like a it's about as much a horror movie as jaws was so did I you think, uh if you,
1: yeah did you see uh did you see them by jordan peele or they us us that was it us
0: yeah, uh, no, I haven't seen it. Um, this is the only uh, Jordan Peele I've seen, just because the other two seemed were were marketed much more as horror films. Mm-hmm. And I'm not averse to horror movies, but they aren't really my go-to. Yeah, especially like if I'm looking to de-stress or anything like that. Yeah, but they're definitely, yeah.
1: Um, so I have not seen Get Out, but I have seen Us, and Us is more psychological than jump scare.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'd be down for that. I really
1: enjoyed it and I think you would too.
0: Yeah, I think you'd per- I think you'd really enjoy us uh not You mean nope. Now you've got me doing it. I think you'd really enjoy nope. Mhm. Um some of the critiques of it I'd seen were that it was a little long and it is like 2 2 hours 15 minutes. Yeah. But it doesn't feel long while you're watching it. I think main I think it's mainly just because it's Kind of a stealth western where it's a pretty small cast. The bulk of it takes place in this on this ranch in a valley, mm-hmm. and uh, so you got a lot of downtime, yeah, but it's still like it, it moves at a brisk pace and it's got a lot of ideas and stuff, so it's a good movie, okay. And uh, 3000 Years of Longing is also really good, at least I, I enjoyed it. It's actually kind of mixed, uh critically speaking Mm -hmm. and uh what it is it's like tilda swinton is a uh narrativologist who is in the middle east for a conference and she finds a magic lamp in a uh antique store basically and idris elba pops out of it Oh. So then it's yeah. So then it's just Idris Elbow recounting all the times he'd been trapped in bottles over the uh, millennia, and her like basically struggling to come up with anything she'd want to wish for. hmm And the movie's rated R, and you get you kind of get a general sense like it is kind of an intense movie in parts, but by and large, I think it probably passed for PG-13. Mm-hmm. If it weren't for like a couple of pro long sequences of nudity. Let's see, then you guys went to the ball game.
1: Yes, so um, let's see here. So, I guess it was, it was I guess it was Saturday. the third, yeah. So it was that Saturday. We went to the uh, University of South Carolina game. It was the season opener against Georgia... Georgia State? Georgia Southern? Sure. Something like that. And, um, anyway, we had a good time. We got there. Let's see, the game started at 7.30. We got there probably just because we got a little turned around on the highway, and then we had some trouble parking. So, we got to our tailgate place at, like, 5.30, and we hung out there for a little while, and we walked to the stadium, and I, and, uh... Like, our seats were, like, in the upper, like, the upper part of the stadium, kind of close to the press box. Yeah. And that was a lot of walking. Oh, boy. That was a lot of walking. And um, so, in a way, we found our seats. We enjoyed the game. They installed these lights in the stadium. So, now, every time, well, you know, it's a thing at Carolina that they play sandstorm. Um, basically oh. after every touchdown or score so then so right. now every time sandstorm comes on there's like this whole light show okay and it's really i mean it's cool um yeah if you have like issues with seizures I don't know that you would enjoy it so much but but uh you. but yeah it was really cool and um a fight Omo I think I said in the original text message that a fight did break out in the women's bathroom. I should have said a fight almost broke out in the women's bathroom. Okay. Because, I mean, there was a ton of people there, and, you know, the, the line for women's bathrooms is, like, ridiculously long. So, there is a very clearly marked entry sign and exit sign. Well, you had women lined up at the exit sign, so... Anyway, I was, like, in the stall, and I just start hearing yelling about, like, oh. people from the entry side yelling at the people on the exit side about how they can't read and how they need to go around and that it's not fair to the people who waited in the correct line. And, I mean, like, it, it got pretty intense, and when I walked out after I washed my hands, like, people were getting up on each other's faces and... Cutting people off, trying to like get to the different stalls, and I was like, I got to get out of here. Uh, this is about to get volatile.
0: Yeah, I'm glad nothing happened. Um, at least not while you were there.
1: Yeah, and then we ran into some cousins. Okay. So um, our cousins, who you know, Jimmy and them, who live in Alabama. Right. So they were at the game and. Like, I saw it on Facebook, but I was like, this, the stadium's huge. It's sold out. Like, we'll never run into each other. We were five rows apart.
0: That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. But, again, because of all the people, we didn't realize it until after the second, or during the second half of the game. Oh, sure. But, it was really cool to, like, run into them, especially since there were just so many people there. Um and then we left the game, and we ended up getting home at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning. Oh, wow. Yeah. i been falling out. I basically slept for two days. Poor Brian had to go to work the next day. Ouch.
0: Well, I'm, uh... Wait, so you had that Monday off because it was Memorial Day.
1: Labor Day, yeah.
0: Labor Day, right. The, uh... It, it's there's the one at the start of the summer and the one at the end
1: yeah Memorial but, Day and Labor Day
0: yeah and I always complete the two because they're always slow work days
1: mm-hmm
0: but uh, yeah so that's it's good that you had the time to uh, recuperate
1: yeah I needed it I was it was so hot that day I was so dehydrated I basically needed oh, two hey. days to like get rehydrated oh I'm glad of, glad you did mm-hmm
0: uh, let's see, apart from that, um, just sort of been my usual stuff, uh, new Splatoon game came out the other day, and I've been playing through that. You know what Splatoon is?
1: I don't.
0: It's basically, um, it's a shooter for the Nintendo Switch console, mm-hmm. and basically, it's like, I don't know how you would characterize it, it's basically paintball. But you're an anthropomorphic squid, and you shoot ink all over the battlefield and the team that covers the most ground with their ink at the end of like three minutes wins.
1: You know this is gonna sound crazy, but I'm pretty sure I've seen a commercial for this game.
0: Oh yeah, you've def- I'm sure they've been advertising it and it was a it's basically the closest thing Nintendo's ever made apart from maybe Mario Kart. And Smash Brothers Uh To have like a solid Multiplayer And competitive scene around it Okay So uh, this was the Third entry in that franchise It was actually the It wasn't a launch title but it was the Pack-in game for the Version of the Nintendo Wii U That I bought when I was living in Atlanta Yeah And that was the first console I ever paid for with my own money Okay. So it's kind of uh, got a history with it. Yeah. Speaking of games I've got history with, today was the Nintendo Direct, which is kind of the uh the showcase that N- Nintendo does every like three to four months where they talk about games that'll be like releasing in the upcoming year and what yeah. have you. And uh they announced that in twenty twenty three they're making a new Pikmin game.
1: Oh, you know, yeah, I liked. A, that's a, yeah. I liked Pikmin, but I don't know. It like got to, and like with most video games, it gets to a certain level, and, and like it's and the you know so the difficulty like increases obviously, and I just I don't know if it's just that I can't get past it or if I just don't have the patience to keep trying. Oh. Hello.
0: Hello I'm back. All right. Did you get a uh, head die or something?
1: Uh, no. I mean, I might have, I might have tapped it like on my shoulder or something. But
0: okay. I just leave it here, laying on next to the mi- microphone.
1: What your phone? Yeah. Oh no. I mean, mine is laying next to me too.
0: Okay. All righty. So, you want to. You got any books to talk about?
1: Well, before we talk about books, um, the Queen died. Oh,
0: sure. That happened.
1: That happened. And, uh. I tell you what, that is a rabbit hole if you start going down, <laughs> like, all of the. Dr- like, all of, like, the royalty drama. Oh, boy. That has either happened in her life or that is going on with, like, the current living royals, like, that is a rep, like, uh, you'll start going down it and then it's, like, three hours later.
0: Oh, yeah. i, I'm I don't. Sure.
1: Man. Three hours later, you're, like, I-, I don't know if I like Meghan Markle or not. Like, you just don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm basically on the side, of- I'm side whatever side of social media it is that's like just both I'd, I'd say like anti-royalist mm-hmm. sentiment that is that's getting expressed so there you're seeing some memes
1: oh yes the twitter has been on fire
0: And uh, not, I hadn't seen so much of it on TikTok. I wonder if maybe it's, maybe the youth isn't oh. as concerned with that sort of thing. No,
1: see, now on my TikTok, like, that's probably like half of my For You page. Huh.
0: Yeah, most, I, I've, oh, goodness, this is going to sound weird. I've been on uh, pimple popping TikTok. It's a good place to be, Yep. And uh, I think at some point that got me over onto infected cow hoof TikTok.
1: Yep, that's also a good place to be.
0: (laughs) They've got the dude with, like, the weird sickle-like thing, and he's, like, cutting away at the horn on the hoof to get at, like, whatever thing is in there that's causing him prep pain and stuff. And now I think I have slowly arrived at... at ingrown toenail removal TikTok.
1: Yes!
0: (laughs) Oh, boy. I love it. Yeah, it's... You can't look away. You
1: can't. You really can't.
0: Yep. Oh, boy. So, that yep. The queen died.
1: So, the queen died. And And, you want to know what my favorite conspiracy theory has been out of all of this? Sure. That Olivia Wilde like made this happen to get the spotlight taken off of her, and all of the like don't worry, darling right. drama
0: the, the my darling drama, oh goodness, yeah, I'd forgotten about that entirely and as so you were hey, supposed yeah, to yeah, but that that's pretty funny, of course, I'd been hearing like rumors that like there was like a weekend at Bernie's situation going on for like months now.
1: I mean, but it's... Uh, wait, with the queen or with this movie?
0: With the queen. Oh! <laughs> in, term, in terms of, like, her not making public appearances. And right. And stuff like that. And, uh... they probably the funniest jokes have just... Like, the funniest jokes that have come to mind are, like, the ones about her dogs. Like, the, the crying gangster meme <laughs> with the words... Like when uh the Queen's will stipulates that her dirt that her dogs go with her, ah <laughs> uh, yeah, the internet has broken us,
1: yep, this is what we've become, yep,
0: but uh did you read anything else apart from our uh assignment,
1: yes, yeah, so I got back in the swing of things and hopefully it stays that way because I read... One, two, three, four, five, eight. I read eight books. I called it! You did call I, it.
0: I... That is wild. I just... All right. So you read eight books.
1: So I read eight books um, and seven of them are from the same series. Oh, that that saves some time. Um... So, I'll just talk about the series as a whole instead of each individual book. Uh, I, I should hope you would. <laughs> because basically as with- because basically, as you know, you've pointed out over the last couple episodes, whenever I start a romance series, they're all basically the same. Eh. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but <laughs> so anyway <laughs> the the series that I read in its entirety, is um, the Blue Water Coast Dragons series by Roxy Ray? Okay. And it's uh, a it's now, a dragon. Is this a,
0: a gang story or a fantasy story? No, fantasy,
1: paranormal, um, paranormal fantasy romance.
0: Because the what you call it, East Coast Dragons or whatever. The uh, like it could blue be, water
1: coast dragons.
0: The Blue Water Coast Dragons sounds like it could be like a motorcycle gang or.
1: I could see that, Whatever. I could see that, but no, this is, uh, this is like actual, well, dragon shifters. Of course. And, um, how they find their mates. Okay. So, I will uh, go ahead... human
0: women, I presume?
1: Yes, that's, they're all heterosexual relationships.
0: No, I, I was saying in turn, I, I was speaking more to the fact of them being humans as opposed to other dragons.
1: Oh, Yeah. Yeah. So, I will... Okay, so I'll talk about, like, the plot-ish of the first book, and then of my favorite book in the series. Okay. And then I'll talk about what I did not like about the series. So, yeah. the first book... Um, the first book covers the story between Anthony and Skylar, whose nickname is Sky... And they are childhood best friends. And the book opens at Anthony's 16th birthday party. And, um, the people in the town where they live, like, kind of can, like, they, well, first of all, dragons, or humans do not know about dragons. Or they don't know about, like, the dragon shifters. Um, so, in the town that they all live in, everybody kind of sees, like, the dragon shifters. Like, they think of them as, like, a cult. Okay. Um... But they don't but like they don't know that they're dragon shifters. They just know that like they're very private, they all kind of stick together, da 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 da. So anyway, Skylar is human and she is at Anthony's sixteenth birthday party and they're dancing on the dance floor and he kisses her. And when he kisses her, his arm starts to burn. Uh oh. And it's because he has now received his Faded mate tattoo. Meaning that Skylar is his faded mate. And so he goes and he tells his parents about it. Well, never in the known history at this point in the timeline has a dragon shifter mated with a human. And so his parents pack him up and send him to boarding school and he doesn't come back for 18 years. Huh. So then he comes back. They're in their, like, mid to early 30s, or early to mid 30s, and then that's kind of where their story happens. And a big part of it is, yes, them falling in love, but then it's also the thing of, like, can we be together? Like, is this going to work? Like, not just culturally, but also in other ways. Sure. So, that lays the groundwork for basically the rest of the books. Um is because since, and I mean, like, it's a happily ever after. It even says that on Amazon. So, because Anthony and Skylar successfully pair up, each of the other dragon shifters is able to successfully pair up with their partner, who is not a dragon shifter. Um, So, that was the first book. My favorite book is the third one, and it is between... I was going to
0: say... Roll of uh, sevens. <laughs> the third
1: one's always the best. So the, the third one was my favorite because it deals with... What's his name? Porter and Kaylee. Yeah. Porter is a dragon shifter. Okay. And Kaylee is his... Well, Kaylee is a... Uh, Porn star. Okay. But she does not perform with other people. Okay. It's basically like OnlyFans. Yeah. And so, anyway, the two of them end up meeting up because they kind of run in similar social circles and they hate each other at first. Well, then Kaylee wants to buy a house. She's not able to buy a house because for tax reasons... Porter also wants to buy the house and he can buy the house because of tax reasons. And so anyway, that's kind of how they like get together is at first they hate each other and then they love each other. But the reason why I like this book so much is, um, is the fact that like Kaylee is very sex positive. Yeah. Um, and she talks about sex in a very healthy way. And she also, makes porter like really face his uh prejudices that he has against like porn actresses and uh the sex worker industry um and okay. so that is a really interesting conversation that happens in that book that I have not seen Alrighty. in other romance novels, let alone between a uh, dragon. Yeah, let alone Between a Dragon. And actually, Kaylee's not 100% human either. But that's... I'm not going to say that part.
0: Oh, yeah. No, spoilers.
1: Yeah, spoilers. Um, I'm going to put my right, earbud so back was... in my ear. And it, so if it hangs up on me, just... I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, sure.
1: Okay. So, mm. the what I did not like about this book... Or what I did not like about the series is as the series progressed, details started to change. Okay. So, for example, there are two characters in the. They each get their own book. Their sisters. Their names are Brianna and Bianca. It is established early on that they are African American. Right. When it finally gets around to Bianca's book, now she's in, now they're a uh, now they're interracial or okay. not interracial. They're biracial. I'm sorry. I couldn't think of the word. Yeah. So anyway, but I'm like, that's a pretty big, like that's a pretty big uh, detail to change. All right. And I mean, it's just, there's other, there's other things that change too about like, oh, the biggest one in book three Porter's mom is obviously dead. Okay. He okay. makes it very clear that he is that she is dead and that he is dealing with his grief. And then two books later, she's alive and she's present for the birth of his child.
0: Huh. So uh, you, it really is just a matter of, like, continuity across books.
1: Yeah. And I don't know that if you read these, like, in, you know, if you had to, like, wait between release times to read these, if you would notice those things, but... I read them back to back to back, and so I noticed these things, and that kind of stuff bugs the crap out of me. I'm yeah, like, I right. am like, I feel like you need to have a chart.
0: <laughs> oh, sure. Or like, uh, they usually call it a Bible. Yeah. Uh, for like large, interconnected, or like large, overarching you know, things.
1: Yeah. Um, so that was seven of the eight books I read, and then the other book was, it's the first in a new series, or it's the first in a series, and it's an alien romance one. It's called Submit, and it's the first book in the Sky Clan of the Teori series by Tana Stone. Um Okay. It's alright. Alright. I might read the second one. Alright.
0: Well, that sounds good. And, uh, I think that I haven't read, I haven't finished anything else, uh, But the book for this week's discussion. So, we will take a quick break and then be back to talk about that. Okay. Anything you need to take care of?
1: Nope, I'm good.
0: Okay. Uh, You want to bring us back in?
1: Sure. And welcome back to Your Words Against Mine, a competitive reading podcast between siblings. Before the break, I went over all the books that I had read apart from the book for our challenge and now that we're back from the break that's what we're going to talk about
0: alright and uh, the book that we're reading for this challenge that Elizabeth assigned to me a month back was uh, Bourbon Empire The Past and Future of America's Whiskey by Reid Mittenbuehler
1: Mittenbuehler
0: Mittenbuehler that sounds better (laughs) and uh this sort of says what it it is what it says on the tin it's uh history going back to like pre uh revolutionary war Mm -hmm. uh america like the history of like the brewing of alcoholic beverages here the science of various methods and uh guess kinds of alcohol
1: mm-hmm
0: and uh up through like the various historical events and the place and influence of alcohol and whiskey during those times yep uh yeah, to the modern day, like the modern sort of economic structures that whiskey exists in, and uh yeah it's
1: I thought it was an interesting read so I did not finish this really yes but i will say i am heavily invested
0: okay well that's that's cool i mean i mean not it's um i don't know i guess i was wasn't expecting it do you uh do you, was there a reason why you didn't get through it i mean apart from just not getting through it
1: i you know i feel like if you've listened to the past couple episodes, and maybe not even maybe even more than the last couple, like I've just been kind of in like this reading slump, where I just haven't sure. been reading a lot, or maybe, or sometimes even at all. And now I feel like I'm finally coming out of that slump. And this book was maybe not the best way for me to get out of that slump. I needed something lighter, even though this is not a oh. particularly heavy book.
0: Yeah. I was gonna say, uh, as far as like nonfiction accounts go, and maybe that's just something I feel like I can. Uh, I I don't act. I don't read a lot of nonfiction relative to other stuff that I read, mm-hmm. but uh, I do find generally that nonfiction books that I do get into are pretty brisk. Yeah, and maybe it's just like because you're taking in information rather than necessarily like following an overarching story. Mhm. And so it feels like there's less pressure to like engage with like the narrative yeah. of it. So it just feels more consumable. But yeah, that I guess that's uh I actually this is one of the first books in a while that I didn't really have to struggle to finish in time for our record. Okay. So yeah and which i don't know which is to say i would definitely put this on the lower end of my rating for books that i finish and like generally appreciate mhm
1: uh
0: i would say i didn't mind reading it i'm not sure that i would read it again or that i would necessarily recommend it to someone who wasn't looking to learn stuff about uh the whiskey industry mhm And maybe that's just because of how sort of all in it is for like general ideas of industry. Yeah. So your mileage is going to vary with regards to how uh, invested you can get with that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, there's um, uh, certain uh, areas of information that are like more engaging than others. Uh, At the very end of the book, he gets around to interviewing and. Uh, a craft whiskey brewer Mm -hmm. who is sort of like the basically the the sort of archetype that you imagine when you hear a craft brewer he's got like him and his friend have this warehouse that they brew their whiskey in they work on a very small scale uh, basically just enough to keep the lights on and uh but it's a very interesting sort of portrait Mm -hmm. of a certain kind of uh Endeavor that sort of stands in contrast to how the vast majority of whiskey is produced and marketed, right? So, uh, I that was a part I like, yep.
1: Um, so I feel okay to go on a mini tangent, I go never ahead. particularly, or at least when I got to like middle and high school, I don't ever remember having like really, really good. Uh, social studies teachers Uh when i got to middle and high school so like i didn't really learn a whole lot of history um oh and you know i'm still very early in this book and i'm just sitting like i'm sitting here reading it and i'm looking and i'm like hey brian did you know this about the revolutionary war (laughs) because like i didn't you know like it talks about like some of the battles and the purposes behind the battles and then kind of some of the like Uh, economic and political struggles that happen within the country after the war is over. And I'm like, Hey, I never knew this. Why didn't they, why didn't they teach this to me in high school? But then it's like, okay, well they probably wouldn't talk about like the economics of alcohol to a 17 year old. Um, Sure. But I don't know, at least where I am now, I'm like, man, I really wish that like, I wish history had been taught to me this way. Cause I genuinely feel like I learned more in two and a half chapters than I did in four years of high school.
0: Sure. And I get that. Uh, There's, I forget what it's called. There's some method of teaching math that uh, is popular in like Japan that hasn't been adopted as widely in the United States. Mm -hmm. We're basically rather than um, foregrounding the like, the formulas and like the hard science of math they sort of encourage students to basically just find whatever works for them and then use that as the grounding for learning the underlying structures of math Okay. and I feel like there's a similar sort of track that can kind of be there for history education where rather than just go linearly through history like we do and uh focusing on big events you just sort of like f- meet people where they're at sort of show them stuff in history that they're bound to find engaging or sort of sticky in their memory mm-hmm. and use that as like an anchor point for a broader understanding of like historical trends and events and
1: Yeah you know what you yeah, said so I could, what you said about the yeah. math thing to me, and, and I don't really know a whole lot about it, so I could be completely off. Like, this could be completely off. But to me, that sounds very, like, Montessori-esque. Sure. About, like, how, letting kids learn things, like, on their own terms and in their own way. um, Just within, like, the, stru- the quote-unquote structures of, like, a classroom environment. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway.
0: Okay. So, um... Yeah, uh... I started reading that other alcohol book I told you about, mm-hmm. uh, "Girly Drinks" by Mallory yeah. O'Mara, and I'm—I I basically just read the intro and the first chapter. I'm—I'm I'm gonna stick with it, but I just—it's so striking, like how different the styles of writing are. Yeah. And obviously, uh, this book—I mean, Mallory O'Mara's book—is covering a much broader uh, swath of history. Like, it's going all the way back to the earliest recorded or like anthropological evidence of uh, alcohol consumption, Mm -hmm. basically. And then uh, throughout the rest of the book, it's going to be jumping uh, around the world rather than just focusing exclusively on the United States or events pertaining thereto. Mm -hmm. So uh, with that regards, it's also a much breezier read Mm -hmm. because it's sort of written in a less academic voice. Yeah. So uh, there's less, like, overt re like Relating of Specific sources For every, like, piece of information Okay Which isn't to say that you're not supposed That you shouldn't, like, take it as granted Like, what she What uh, the one book Is reporting over the other Just that sort of the Like, that s- style of formatting Is uh, different Mm-hmm and uh, it just makes for, um, like, an interesting comparison, I guess, in the realm of, like, uh, non uh, histories. Okay. Mi- micro-histories is the term. Yeah. Where, like, uh, chronicling the history of a very specific thing rather than, like, an overarching thing. Right. So, uh, you said you read the first two and a half chapters? Yeah. Alright, so that's still pretty early on. And, uh, he, he, you did get to, like, Revolutionary War stuff. Have you read a, did you read any of, like, the Thomas Jefferson, Alexander, Hamilton dynamics? Yeah. Yeah, he returns to that a lot. Okay. It actually gets kind of comical. (laughs) Okay. By the end of the book, it almost feels like every five pages he's dropping some Andersonian Hamiltonian, <laughs> uh, Jeffersonian Hamiltonian dynamic, uh-huh. and uh, it, it almost—it's almost got the air of like, like fudging the word count uh-huh. sort of thing.
1: <laughs> okay,
0: <laughs> but uh yeah, you know, take a shot.
1: Take a shot.
0: Yeah, every time this guy references Andrew, like Jefferson and Hamilton. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Um, Alright, I guess we're talking about a book about whiskey. I've never actually drank this stuff. Okay. I think the one time I've actively consumed whiskey was when Dad got, like, a case of it specifically designed to be served with eggnog. And he poured me, like, a glass of eggnog with, like, a shot of whiskey in it. And it tasted basically just like bitter eggnog. He
1: he bought a whole case.
0: It not like a case, case. It was like a like a little cardboard box with like three small bottles in it.
1: Oh, okay, okay.
0: Yeah, like um, what's that crown? Like Crown Royal size.
1: The
0: the little uh, the little
1: yeah is Crown Royal bad. I had a bad experience with uh, crown, crown Royal Maple.
0: Okay. I think I've still got uh, Yep, I've got a little bag of something in my fridge here. I think it's Crown. Nope. Actually, this isn't Crown Royal. These are <laughs> These are little freezable fruit shapes. <laughs> it's actually like just a bunch of stone cubes that you use in lieu of ice.
1: I gave those and to I you. Guess-
0: you gave these to me. Yeah, I gave no those to you. Yeah. So I, uh... Oh, here's the Crown Royal thing. Yeah, it's the purple bag and everything. It's yeah. like, uh... Wow, it's tiny. It's like 50 milliliters.
1: Now, um... Crown Royal Peach is really good. I like to drink that in, uh... It's good in sweet tea.
0: Okay. Yeah. I had to deliver, a. A gallon jug of half sweet, half unsweet today.
1: Okay. Which is about
0: the closest thing to a... Well, not the, the closest thing to a cocktail that we do at work. Because we also sell, like, a fair share of uh, Arnold Palmer's.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. God, I love an that's Arnold Palmer. As, that's, that's about as kooky as we get with it over there.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: yep. Yeah. But, uh... This time of year, you try to... I've been trying to stock up on uh, pumpkin-flavored drinks. Yeah. Uh, Those get pretty good. And, uh... I don't know. I feel like ever since the craft beer store in Simpsonville closed down, I haven't been... Oh, it closed? Yeah. It finally shuttered. I don't know if they moved Mm. or just consolidated with somebody else. But, uh, yeah. I just haven't been as adventurous. I'm nowadays, I just get whatever's on sale at Publix. Yeah. But, uh, yep. So, uh... Yep, yeah, I'm... You think you'll give, uh... I, you say we'll be sticking with this one. Do you think you might be inclined to give some other kind of non-fiction a try? Yeah, because I think I know so. you said that was sort of the impetus for this challenge was, uh... Getting into something... Or getting into a mode of reading that you weren't as uh, active in.
1: Yeah. Can you hold on just a second, TJ? Yeah. Alright, I'm back. Howdy. Howdy.
0: Uh, do you have anything else you wanted to say? Uh, I about the whiskey? don't think so, no. Alrighty. Well, uh, that's our challenge for this week. I'll have to do some quick uh, back-of-the-napkin math to Add the uh, word bonus to my total. So, did you want to go ahead and go with yours?
1: Yeah, I can go ahead and go with mine. Um, so I read eight books since our last episode. So, which brings my subtotal to four hundred thirty thousand seven hundred eighty-two, and that brings my total for the year to six million six hundred thirty-four thousand eight hundred thirteen words. Which puts me at sixty six percent of my word total from last year. Alrighty. Oh, and, and uh, I told you guys that I would um that I felt like I had like met my Goodreads goal. Well, I I haven't uploaded I haven't inputted all of the books into yeah. Goodreads. Um but I so my ch- my goal for Goodreads for this year was to read 157 books and not including any of the books that I've read this in the past two weeks and not including another couple. Um, right now I've got 81 books logged and it says I'm currently 29 books behind schedule. Oh, well, wow. How many books are you trying to read? 157.
0: Yeah, I, that's, that's a lot.
1: Yeah, now I've got to add... I know I've got to add at least, like, twelve books. Oh, like because the because okay. of the eight since our last episode, and then there's been like a handful of others that I didn't log, so I just okay. need to go through and like, and I just need to go put those in. So, yeah, well, you still got like three and a half months. So yeah, I'm not I'm not stressed about it. That's cool.
0: Alrighty. Well, I uh, got my word total for Bourbon Empire in there, and the uh, bonus uh, multiplier uh, applied. Okay. And that uh, takes my word total up from thirty-four, uh, three million four hundred sixty thousand sixty-seven, to three million sixty, three million six hundred forty-six thousand seven hundred sixty-eight, which uh, puts me about. Uh, 600,000 words ahead of where I was this time last year and puts me at about 82% of the way towards my Dang. word total for last year.
1: Dang.
0: Yeah. So, I yeah, I think um if I hold to this track record that I'll um be in good shape and although I'd be put be putting myself at more of a disadvantage for when I have to do the same thing next year. Yeah yeah but uh, yep, yeah, I anticipate having a l- more some more reading time coming up though, so
1: yeah, that's we'll true.
0: See about it And uh, speaking of reading time, it is now time I believe, for another reading challenge.: Yes. So let's hear it.
1: So there is a new Netflix movie coming out very soon, and it is based on a book.
0: Okay, what I might have heard of it. What what are we talking about? So
1: um it is Luckiest Girl Alive. Okay. By I can't remember who the author is. Jessica somebody.
0: Is that the name of the book as well?
1: The name of the book is Luckiest Girl Alive. Okay. And so, um yep. so our challenge is two parts. Oh. It's okay, Jessica Knoll is who wrote it. Right. So For our, so for uh, my challenge, we not only have to read Luckiest Girl Alive, we've got to watch the movie when it comes out on Netflix. Oh, so it's not out yet. It's not out yet. I believe it's coming out October 7th.
0: Okay. Yeah, so we, that'll be, uh... So that'll be be within the the time
1: frame. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That'll be good. Yeah, we might, uh, I don't know how, uh, the, our family vacation plans are going to work out but we might be able to watch that one together
1: yeah we might
0: yeah that sounds good
1: Mm
0: mhm alrighty well then that's uh, another episode in the books hey so uh, yeah we thank you for listening this is the part of the show where Elizabeth rattles off all of the social media stuff that I've long since forgotten.
1: <laughs> so, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Literally Club, and TikTok at Your Words Podcast. You can also find us at our website at yourwordspodcast.com, and you can send us questions, suggestions, or recommendations, well, questions, recommendations, or comments, that's what I meant to say, to yourwordspodcast at gmail.com.
0: All right. It's been good talking to you, Elizabeth. You too. And as always, at the end of every episode, we like to send you off with a very stilted and <laughs> awkward.
1: Bye. Goodbye.